Welcome in, welcome in. As always, it's your guy Nick back with episode three of the pod. We're still looking for that name. We're going to find it later for sure. I like Nick at night, but then it's like, what if I'm not potting at night? Cannot call it Nick at day. That's crazy. So we'll figure it out. Until then, it's our pod. I appreciate you all taking this 20 or 25 minutes out your day to listen to me talk about various things and various life lessons that I've learned. It definitely feels good to share my story with you guys, and I, I love to do so. It's been extremely fun to start this journey with you all, and I hope that you continue to listen. As we go forward, continue to comment on what you like and don't like. I appreciate any and all criticism. They say iron sharpens iron. So I started the last pod off with just a random thought that I had, and I had another one today, and I just wanted to share. I just need everyone to realize that like your, dispos- your disposition for the day, like how your mindset, what you're thinking, you know, it's completely up to you. Your mindset mentality is completely up to you whenever you step outside of your house, whenever you wake up. It's kind of up to you on how your day is going to go. You can decide today's going to be a bad day. Then most of your thoughts are going to be negative and surrounded by, you know, making sure you prove yourself right by it being a bad day. But if we can find a way to continuously see how we are blessed, the power of positivity will be unleashed. And that's huge. Power of just optimism will be unleashed. It's different. You know, it's different. I don't, I, me personally, I don't want to be an unhappy person. So I actively try to be happy and it's not easy, but I feel way better whenever I fight off negativity in my life. It's like a, a little win right there. There's always little moments in your day where something that's not as big of a deal or something that, you know, maybe is a small inconvenience that could derail you, you know, if you let it, if it piles on other different things, whatever it may be. But it's like, if you know for a fact that you can control your mentality, you control your viewpoint, you control your perspective, and you control your reaction to situations, then you know it's all up to you. People could say the worst things about you. People could do anything. People could say words, whatever it is. They could cuss at you, whatever. You know, you have a bad day or you're in service or whatever, and someone yells at you or whatever it can be. All you control in, your, in that situation is your reaction to what they said and what you're going to say next. And it's like, if you center yourself on positivity, if you center yourself on optimism, you center yourself on, you know, just that love, you'll be able to get past those things. You'll be able to get past the negative parts in a day and be able to see the good side of all different things, which, you know, that silver lining sometimes isn't like it's there, isn't like it's apparent, but it'll reveal itself for sure. You just got to keep believing in that. And I promise you thinking, you thinking, more positively instead of negatively is going to change your outlook. It's going to change different things in your life and good things are going to start happening for you. You know, that's just how it kind of goes. Positivity brings positivity. So that's just something I was thinking about today. And I was like, man, I just had to, I had to check myself because I felt myself getting a little down and I was like, wait a second. No, you look at your, what you have around you, you look at what you're doing. You look at, you know, just the things going on in your life. And like, no, those are positive. These are all positive things. So let me just enamor myself with those things and not all the negative shit that you could do or you could think of, you know? But that's just something I was thinking about today. I know in the last part, we also talked about just the accountability part, having friends, talking about friendship a lot. You know, friendship's still huge to me, still always gonna be huge to me. You know, and I just, in this one, what I wanted to do is I wanted to share a little bit more story about just something in, in sports when I was growing up or just something about, you know, football and and how I ended up there. 
because the people that do know me, my immediate family know that I was not about to play football in high school. And the people that know me now are going to think, whoa, whoa, how's that even a thought? Right. When I was growing up in California, and I know I said I wasn't going to bring up too much about California, but the one thing I did love was I got to play quarterback my fifth grade year. And in the system that we have, the Pee Wee Leagues and all that stuff, people that play Little League know how that goes. My sister was playing offensive line in the division ahead of me. So at one point during the season, just a quick aside, one point during the season, their quarterback had gotten hurt. Um, it's funny his name is Mojo, but he had gotten hurt and they had asked me to come and play with a higher division. So at one point in my life, I was playing football and my big sister was one in front of me guarding or was protected for me, was blocking for me. I always thought that was, that's, that's always a fond memory to me. But we moved to Florida and I did not like how structured Florida was. I did not like the fact they looked at me and saw a big kid and said, you're playing offensive line. I said, bro, I can sling this rock. You know what I mean? I thought I was a little Mike Vick. So it's like, why was I even thinking about playing offensive line? That's crazy. So I didn't play. <clears throat> and my dad ended up coaching basketball. And he told me, because I had told Coach McIntosh, who's a really, really good person in my life, a mentor, I love him to death. I had told him I would play. And my dad said, you cannot quit this team because you said you're going to play. Your word is your word. If you give somebody your word, you have got to complete what you what you said. And that was the first, this is a, my first lesson on being convicted. My first lesson Ever. I did not want to play football. I, you can ask all everybody, my sister, my brother, my mom, my dad, did not want to do it. It was Florida. It was hot. We were running miles, all different stuff. It was stuff that I was not accustomed to. And then I was hitting people and stuff that was not for me at the time. It wasn't for me. So I struggled through that seventh grade season. McIntosh was, I always didn't understand why he let me play quarterback, all this different stuff. I never understood it. Never got it. I was like, bro, I'm the most talented, all the different stuff. I was like, I, I knew I was good at it. But I was more suited for the offensive line, which I didn't understand until I started playing in high school and college. And I told Magnetosh that and I thanked him for that because what he did early was give me a reality check and I had to be ready for it. Was that people are looking at you when it comes to the recruiting all different stuff for potential and position. So when he saw me as being a former NFL guy, he saw me and said, you're not about to play quarterback. Like You're not going to high school and playing quarterback. That's not happening. You're playing off the line. You're playing tight end. You're not doing that. And it's like, he didn't say all that then to the seventh grader, but he could project and see that. So I had to thank him for that. I, I, I knew where he was coming from in that situation. And, and at the end, unfortunately, because it caused a marred relationship between us a little bit in that time. Because I was like, man, I don't know about this guy. Because he's also the head basketball coach. But my dad was the assistant coach for basketball. So it was, I was playing basketball for sure. and. Them two together, their the combination of the coaches was so nice. It was a great, it was a great duo for sure. Coach McIntosh was the, you know, fun loving the the guy that was going to bring the team together, all different stuff. And my dad was an X and O's and the disciplinarian. You know, I can't I can't remember how many suicides I ran running for my dad to where I'm looking at him like, does this dude like didn't know I'm his son? Like, what is going on, bro? I know he sees me tired over here. Like what's happening? But that's how, that's how that went with my dad. Though my dad was a college basketball player, he knew it took what it took, and we were fortunate to be with him because we won a lot of games in, high, in middle school that we were not projected to win, and it was so much fun. 
But back to the football scene. So I didn't play football my eighth grade year. I just played basketball and that was it. I go to high school. I go to high school and I don't play my ninth or 10th grade year. The coaches want me to play so bad. They want me to play so bad. I'm like, I don't want to play. Like, I do not want to play at all. And the convincing part for me was my junior year. And I promise you, this is 100% true. I would never lie to you guys. My junior year, we were running miles in stadiums. And I'm about 275 this time. 270, 275. So I'm a bigger kid. We're running stadiums and all this. And I'm like, I will not last an entire fall running stadiums and doing suicides and sprints and all this stuff. It's not going to happen. I'm just not, it's just not going to happen. So Coach McCordy and Coach Hicks and Coach Adron come to me and they say, Coach Adron said this to me, if you play football, you don't have to do any basketball conditioning. Man, when I tell y'all, I was like, man, what? That changed everything. It was like, that voila moment, you know, that meme with Leonardo DiCaprio is like, he's, he's pointing at the TV. That's what it felt like. I said, yeah, yeah, of course I'm in, I'm in. So now six second period, I'm not having to run all different stuff. I'm you know chilling me and Andrew, the quarterback, just hanging out, chilling all the different stuff during the football season. It was nice. It was nice. And then when basketball season showed up, I got to hoop immediately. It was, yeah, it was a great deal, but on the football field, in the football field, that's when I started learning about a little bit this, not learning about it, but just honing in on the element and just the idea of discipline and the idea of you just have to continually work at something in order to get good at it. And that's just what it takes, you know, and especially when you're not good at something to start off. I was not good at football when I started off. When I started playing tight end my junior year, I had no business being out there. I was just a bigger kid. I got better as the season went along because I started getting more enamored in the competition and, and the lights and all that different stuff. And I started falling in love with the outside of football, but I didn't fall in love with the game yet. The other reason why I went on the field, and again, this is why I talk about my brother a lot, is because my brother is somebody that is a mentor to me, is somebody that I look for for direction, is somebody that has been through a lot of different things. So he told me one day, you know, nonchalantly as my brother is, Hey, Nick, you know, if you get on that field at your size, you get a scholarship. I said, a scholarship for what? I'm not even thinking scholarship. I'm like, what are you talking about? A scholarship. He's like, no, Nick, they'll give you a scholarship to go pay for your school to play football. If you just go get on the field. So with that in the back of my mind and no conditioning, it was like a match made in heaven. It was. I said, OK, so I didn't Stevens point. I didn't really believe that. But I was like, that's a that's a positive externality. That's cool. if That happens. The other point, I definitely believe because those football coaches, they run the school. So it's like if they say I ain't running, I ain't running. I was on board. So I went and played and I fell in love with the game. Coach McCorry caught, taught me a lot of different things that helped me out. You know, but he also just sparked that competitive nature in me again when it came to football and understanding to be dominant and what that looked like. He taught me what that looked like. So with them, I went from tight end junior year to senior year. I played offensive line. My senior year, no, my junior year summer, I got an offer from UCF and USM like July of that year. And I'm like, wait, what? Like it to me, it was so surreal. It was like, okay, I'm getting offers to go play football and go to school for free. Like that's, it's liberating in a sense. So I'm definitely thankful and, and, and blessed for that. But going back to the football part and just learning discipline, it's like when you have other guys, the high school football field is so different because 
those guys aren't all going to go to where some of us went. And I mean, like some of those guys, football in high school is the end. That's it for them. And some of your closest friends. And it's like, you go to school with them all day, you stay with them every day, you go to their houses, y'all go to parties. Like it's some of your closest friends as you're growing up. And it's like, that's a bond that does not get broken. So it's like, you learn through not trying to let those people down because those are your friends. Like it's a different feel. So in college, it feels more business-like. Those are my friends. Those are my brothers. Don't get me wrong. But it's more business-like. It's more mechanical. In high school, it just feels like you and the guys are out there playing in the backyard. And it's, you know, you got to get it. You got to get after it. And I'm not trying to let my boy down. He's not trying to let me down. You know, there's, there's, you'll have stories forever. We talk about it all the time whenever we meet up in Niceville. And we just talk about football, talk about coaches, talk about different things that happen. What ifs? Like, you just have so many memories. So many memories. And the relationships last forever because you go through trials and tribulations in high school, especially going to a school that treats football the way it treats it. So I've always been just appreciative of just that time being with them, being in high school, being able to play, being able to get, get pretty good my senior year and then be able to go to Kentucky. So that was amazing. But in college, a quick story from that is just speaking on discipline was an accountability. This is huge for me. John Toth is um, played center for us during 2016. I bring that year because his senior year as my junior year because that's when I finally got it. Like it finally all clicked that year. But I gave him major props because there was two summers back to back where me and Toth hang out almost every day. We worked out every day, watched film every day. Uh, we, on Sundays we eat Chipotle every day. Like we would go and do these different things together. And it was literally him bringing me along to say, hey, this is how I did it. This is how you can do it, too. So I was already somebody that loved film. I loved to study or whatever it may be, but I didn't know how to study. Him, myself, and Coach Schlammer were in the film room studying film for eons, man, to where we got on page on different blitzes, pages on different uh, protections, who's going to call what, whatever it may be. We knew what was going on. And it was a really big foundational piece for me because it became how do you work in this business-like setting when it came to football? In high school, I didn't do none of that shit. I knew not a single thing like that. I didn't have to. You didn't have to. At that point, it was my athleticism, my strength can get me past whoever it may be. Until you meet somebody that's kind of a dog, and then you got to play technique and all the different things. But in college, everyone's fast. Everybody's strong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody's um, athletic. So it's like you have got to be able to get between the ears to understand how can I beat this person? How can I maneuver in that in this realm so I can win? What protections can I call You know, for receivers? What release can I take? You know, it's different things for DNs. What, you know, if I rip, if I stab and rip here, is that going to work? Like it's different. You have to be thinking the game at that point. And Toth helped me get to the point where I was thinking the actual game. And that summer of 2016 is when I took off and it became Oh, I know what I'm doing for sure. My technique was sound. I understood how the discipline for it. And that was from just the entire summers of just iron sharpening iron in the weight room, getting food in the film room, recovering together, getting like all these different things you can think of. We were doing together so that we knew we were ready to go when the season started. And I'm thankful that the man, you know, took me under his wing for that, for those two summers. And we got right after that, for sure. Very thankful for Toth. I think 
And it also is like, when you get to that level and you are playing football at that level and you're studying and you're meal prepping, you're doing recovery, you have, you know, massages and you still have personal time, you have, you know, all these different things going on to not be disciplined is the death of you. Because time management is 100% everything in that situation. In that environment, you've got to be able to be counting the minutes and say, oh, I got this much time to get here. I got to do this at this time. You have to be projecting out and seeing what you can be doing so that you can stay as optimal as possible. You know, and what happens is in college, some people can't understand that, can't get their schedules right, can't sleep right, can't not go to the party, can't. There's things they can't do to self-sabotage. And it's like, I saw that sometimes. It was like the ones that got it right, the ones that just weren't just freaky athletic or just freaks of nature, they understood like this thing took discipline. And I think all all things in life take discipline. You know, if you want to be healthy, if you want to be happy, if you want to um, do a better job, whatever it may be, you've got to be disciplined every single day and have a mentality and a mindset that you're going to be able to overcome whatever ab- obstacle comes up. You know, the power of positivity, understanding that this thing might be going wrong right now, but in about 10 minutes, it could all be going right. And be seeking that out and be seeking out solutions, be solution oriented, you know, not complaint based. Be a person that comes up with a solution. Continue just to try to fight negativity in all parts of your life. because It's not good. It's not good. Nothing happens by dwelling in, you know, negative thoughts or Nothing good happens from sitting around and moping or whatever it may be. You're only hurting yourself. And that's what I kind of leave you guys with is like, you're only hurting yourself. If someone yells at you and then drives away and you sit there and beat yourself up about situation and think about all things you can do better and, you know, criticize yourself and all these different things, like all you're doing is you you let them win because they drove away. Like it's over for them. For you, you're sitting here now, you're mad at yourself. Now it's affecting the next person you talk to. Or now, you know, it's affecting how you talk to your boss or affecting how you talk to your teammate, whatever it may be. But it's like that situation cannot be allowed to turn into another situation. So it's like you cut it off in the past. And you say, you know what, maybe they're having a bad day. But I know I'm not. And that ends that. And, you know, the next transaction, the person will be smiling, giving their food, and it's all good to go. You know, or the next interaction with somebody, whenever they're mad and they come back saying, I'm sorry, you're glad you didn't beat yourself up the entire time because they realized they were being rude. So as I continue, I always just try to continue to have optimism, continue to keep that glass half full. Never half empty. Because it's got to get better. It can't get worse. But that's just, that's just how I feel on, you know, the power of optimism, the power of positivity. And what you can do. And then also just the, the, for myself and my life in football and what happened, just the power of just discipline and understanding that at certain times you got to lock in. You've got to lock in. If you want to get to a certain point, you have a goal, where it may be, like you have to stop the self-sabotage. You have to lock in and get to it. Because at the end of the day, this time that we have is going to keep going. I told somebody today, I was like, man, I've always been in my new job for five months. Five months flew So always be cognizant of that. This time is going, man. 
And life is finite. You never know when. So always, always, always continue to just strive for the next thing. Continue to seek out opportunities. Continue to be happy. Continue to be happy. But that's all I got for you guys today. I'm glad you're here with me. I'm, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, give me your feedback if you have any. I would love to hear it. You know, I hope whatever, wherever you are, you, you enjoyed it. Like I said before, and hope you have a blessed night, blessed morning, blessed day, blessed whatever time it may be. Be easy.